This is The Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are... Gosh, it's four of us. Shall I, shall I go in? Big team Clockwise or anti-clockwise <laughs> here, we have Jim Spence, Sean <laughs> Hamilton, and Craig Cairns with us. Craig, the timing of your, your appearance on the podcast, it's not no coincidence. Our Fife experts, mm. we have a title. We have a title... <laughs> Charged, don't we? We have a we have a we have a battle. As much as Jim's reluctance to talk it up, I think Jim, you've been expecting rose petals to be flung at Jim Goodwin's Goodwin's feet as they as they, as they just as they saunter their way to the title United. But we've got to take notice of Wraith Rovers now, haven't we, Jim? There there there's been too many of these gutsy sort of not even just the last minute ones. Too too many real character performances now for us to think this is gonna this is gonna drift away to mediocrity and playoffs and you know that sort of thing. Wraith look made of the right stuff to me. Well, you, you kind of wonder if there's any gay burden fans out there. You know, the late late show. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't say I was a fan, but I know. I know. Was that actually? You know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just sprung into my mind there. But no, I mean Rovers. You know, sitting there right on United's heels, and we've been saying in the last couple of podcasts that 16th of December that that's a big one at Tannley. I think psychologically that will be such an important game. Uh, for whoever well, comes out, they've ruined another of Jim Goodwin Saturday something. <coughs> there. Well, Saturday afternoon, we're well, picturing him going down the town, you know, doing his Christmas shopping. You know, next, <laughs> he's probably not a next man, is he? What do you think? Yeah, sure. You're, you're, more, you're more a man for the Jim Jim Goodwin's uh, fashion. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking high street, I think he probably is a next okay, man. Next to be man honest. Okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, he's probably in his so he was in next about quarter to five when uh, uh-huh. another couple of late <coughs> goals came in for Wraith. But yeah, they're doing all they can, Jim, aren't they? He's maybe a TK Marks man like me. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, that's no. a shout. That's a good shout. Marks and Spencer. With those white trousers? <laughs> oh, no, you don't get them in Marks and Spencer. So anyway, sorry, I rudely interrupted Jim. No, Carry on. I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Rovers are right on their tail. So, I mean, I think, you know, and of course you've got on, on Friday night, um, Wraith are playing Friday night, so could go into the Saturday when United play air as league leaders. And I think that puts it... Th- this is when you start to see what players are made of. I mean, you've seen kind of... Uh, I mean, United have been terrific defensively. They've been fabulous at defensively. In the league. Ter- terrific in the league, that's right. But you've seen them crumble in two cup competitions against Queen of the South and, and before that, Falkirk. Um, and that starts to tell you, I think... We'll have to take um, note of it now, the two, yeah, well, two got, of them. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, Queen, listen, Queen, Queen of the South got scalped, well, you know, the uh, following Saturday, uh, and they, they, they've, they've not won many before it as well. No, so that, that's right. And, I mean, they I, were I, maybe I, back on the you know, Xbox you, you, and the PlayStation. I think that's obvi- well, the obvious well, conclusion. You know my view... The cup competitions are uh, one of them's more irrelevant than the other. Scottish Cup was a big blow financially, and and you know in, in terms mm-hmm. of kind of stature of the club as well to go to that. But still, it's eyes on the main prize, and that's getting up this season. But Rovers are, um, you know, initially I must admit I thought United have got the squad, they'll have the depth of squad to carry them that Rovers might not have. But increasingly I'm looking at this and thinking, well, do they have the quality? in mm-hmm. the depth of squad so it's all very well having the numbers yeah that's the, the question I'm course. asking too and, and, and Rovers have got a lot of experience about the place you know and Ian, Ian Murray's done a great job um, my money would still be on United uh, to take the first place automatically Wraith will, Wraith will snaffle second no doubt about that but it's entirely possible that if United do crumble if they start to kind of fall away a wee bit that Wraith can take this, this by the throat I don't think they will but Craig will tell us. Well, <laughs> the Wraith and United themes will kind of they'll, they'll probably merge into one as we we sort of chat chat about the title race. Yeah. Craig, where where are for those that have only seen Wraith's goals and read your reports, obviously, and your analysis goes without saying. Where's the strength of this team? In attacking areas, <laughs> and at the moment, the spirit that they have to I, I just never say die attitude that they have. Um, they have come back from behind on a number of occasions and even in the last few matches, league matches, they've come from behind in the last few minutes to win games. So, they have it. Mm. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. But I think still as it stands, I would I would agree with Jim that I think uh, Dundee United's form is still more sustainable at this point. Uh, not conceding goals, haven't lost a game yet. And doing and winning games in a more comfortable fashion than Wraith are. Um, Wraith still have a, a lot to prove. They sometimes have slumps in the second half of the season, so they still have a long way to go and a lot to prove. But another thing that Jim said uh, that I totally agree with is now we're possibly on the verge of 
the first time this season seeing this Dundee United team under pressure in the league. So mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see how they react to that. And then inevitably when they do lose the lead or they do lose a match or two or something, how they then respond to that. And we haven't seen that from this Dundee United team yet. Who'd, if you were to purely go on the best starting eleven, who would, which team would be better? Like for, in my head, United aren't in the Scottish Cup anymore, mm-hmm. so it's not going to be put to the test. But if, if, if I was a Premiership team, I would rather face Dundee United in a, in a one-off game in the Scottish Cup than I would Wraith Rovers. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, but but the thing is, uh, Dundee United have been a not very good cup team over the last few years and Wraith Rovers have been a very good cup team so I would say on that basis you would want to as well but I'd probably say that Dundee United's first 11 still edges it I'd still think everybody (laughs) fit starting 11 Dundee United's is better I think beyond that Dundee United are relying on a lot of uh, or a few youngsters who've been on the fringes for a while now and still kind of have to prove themselves I don't think there's a huge amount of depth there. I think there's areas in the Wraith team where there isn't as much depth, especially in defence. They've, they've been ragtag and just whoever's mm-hmm. available for the last few weeks. Um, but in attacking areas, they've just got so... I mean, they don't have a best start in 11 Wraith yeah. um, when it comes to their attacking areas. So, yeah, I think it's it's not a simple this team's better than that team. I think they've got the strengths and the weaknesses, but I still think that Dundee United have got the got the better start in 11, yeah. I think Sean. I mean, it's it's really starting to fascinate me yeah. now because I was I was certainly leaning. I was very much in in Jim's argument. And I pro- if you if you were to put a gun to my head, I probably stood still would lean towards sort of Jim Jim's yeah. thinking on it. But you know what changed my mind? And and I, I do think the cups. I think the cups and what's happened does inform what's 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 still to come it was actually Wraith against Dunfermline that really in the in the cup mm-hmm. that made me really take notice of them because I, I I in my head I thought this is probably one that they all no listen they're not going to want to lose to Dunfermline you know it, it, yeah. it's it's their local rivals uh-huh. but the way they played and this the kind of the swagger they had about them yeah. certainly towards the end I'm thinking and that was without Sean Byrne wasn't it because Dundee oh. have, Dundee have said he's he's <laughs> cup tied Who's a, who's a key key player, which is I, interesting, as which well. is interesting as well. <laughs> but Harry Sharp wasn't uh, available for Dunfermline either. So yes, <laughs> no, but I just just from looking at from a Wraith pers- perspective, yeah. I I thought yeah, this is this team really really does yeah. have so that that was another big hurdle, and then you compare it to now. Yes, they had I read Alan's piece about United when they had however many chances it was. Yes, five, you know they had yeah, loads yeah. of chances. Yeah. But that was, and we, we talked it up as a game that United would go back out and make a statement after the Falkirk one, mm-hmm. and they didn't. No. So, Wraith are currently making statements. Uh-huh. So are United, but of the other, yeah. the other variety. Yeah, in the cup certainly. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. It's got this sort of. Uh, you know, I, su- I suppose it's kind of. It's an indictment on us in a, weird, a weird way because we have talked about race overs this season we, we, because they've been right on United's mm-hmm. coattails the whole time I and mean, we've never not acknowledged that they've always been there. But I think you know it's only now that we're kind of going, oh Christ, we really, really ought to pay attention to, to race overs here, and that that's been the case all season really. But I mean, on the podcast we haven't really gone into any depth on them, which we we probably should have because quite clearly at this point they are they are very serious about where they are uh, in the table and. Um, yeah, they they are. There's a feeling to me of of of, you know, um, things kind of changing in the sense that Wraith are on that up, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And United, there is this feeling after the two cup games of like. I was looking at the crowd as well, there. Sean. I was looking at the yeah, Wraith crowd after the you know after <coughs> during that Dunfermline game. Yeah. Yeah, they, the they look. Crowd, yeah, yeah, they look like a, a support that is Galvanized. kind of yes, it's starting to yeah, it's starting to believe as well, which which is a powerful thing. The one, th- Craig, just to go back to you, the one thing we've kind of speculated on quite a lot, and and I've got an opinion on this. I I've got a feeling that if because we all talk we talk about United, if they need to go again, i.e. <coughs> Jim's pal. Mr. Ogren will, will come over at Christmas and and will say they they I was going to do a, an American accent. But oh, they, they, oh no! There, there you go, Jim. Here's some here's some, some spends. Here's some January spends. Here's some January spends. <laughs> January spends. <laughs> but I've always kind of thought, well, you know what? If Wraith are right in this, I've got a feeling the new Fife ownership 
could be tempted to do the same. Do you do you get that feeling as well that they think, hold on, this could be our best chance of getting out there. Let's let's chuck a bit of money at it. Yeah, I actually, I'm not sure. It's, it's a really interesting question because um, don't know. They they did do a lot of business in the summer. They did a lot of good business in the summer, and they brought in a lot of championship experience. Players have won that league before. So I think I, I wonder how much they've actually pushed their budget and how mm-hmm. much they they will have to go again in January. But I think <coughs> uh, I think as I alluded to earlier, I think they do need to add a defender or two uh, to or have everybody back fit, uh, which they haven't been able to do. Um, but other than that, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I can't even really see anywhere else in the pitch other than defence where they would. Mm-hmm. Strength. I mean, you can always get better players, yes, but sometimes you can cause a problem by adding. And they've already, he's already, and he's managing it well, but he's already from week to week having to leave informed players out of his team. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I I, I can't see them going and adding in attacking areas, but possibly in defence somewhere, yeah. They're currently lining up Tino Esprit as we speak here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about football clubs, though. <laughs> you can say, you know, we, oh, we don't have any money, but they'll always find some down the back of the couch when it comes to it. <laughs> they do, and the crowds are up, obviously. Yeah. You know, so Wraith will be making more money than, mm. than they probably would mm. expect sure. or they would have budgeted for. And a, they're revamping yeah. a lot of things behind, mm-hmm. the, behind the scenes as well. <laughs> uh, they're in a semi final of the SPFL Trust Trophy again. I mean, I, I know that doesn't bring with it much itself but they could go get into another final that brings some money they are who did they get in the Scottish Cup Livingston away no, and, uh, so, no it's not, not great gonna, but it's a winnable one yeah it's definitely winnable so yeah there could be budget comes in from some things like that and they've revamped kind of hospitality behind yeah. the scenes and all that kind of stuff so yeah. you guys you guys obviously spoke about it last week the United at, at Queen of the South mm-hmm. does does Jim Goodwin will he now have doubts over certain players that <clears throat> Maybe not go as far as doubts. Will he have questions? Well, question mark is a doubt. You, you know, I'm, 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 he'll not be thinking you're not for me anymore mm. on the back of two defeats to League One teams. But the will little questions will be creeping into his mind, won't they? I, I, mean, I think at this stage in the season, I mean, you know, losing two cup games, you're, you're 13 league games in. <clears throat> he'll pretty much know exactly who um, who he can rely on and who he's less keen to rely on. And frankly, who he can't rely on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you get this far into the season without knowing, you know, what what the mentality of players is, kind of in terms of weakness, strength, middle of the road guys. You know, haven't watched them on the training ground, <clears throat> haven't watched them in the league battles, and importantly too, having watched them on the these two cup battles. Because although you know, don't get me wrong, I'm you know I'm not saying it, it was a good thing to go to the cups. Mm-hmm. You know, Certainly not the second I, I, I'm, one. I'm saying that you know, life life is like politics. It's about choices, and, and some of these choices are hard. And if you've got to be if you've got to be at a competition, you're better being at a cup than the league that, that you've got a great chance of winning. Um, <clears throat> that said, um, he will have learned quite a few lessons, I suspect, from maybe how easily some of these players succumbed in the two cup games, uh, and how um, and and also lessons about how you know how players failed to. Stamp their imprimatur on the game, and young, you know, certain maybe young guys getting a chance fail to take it. Um, I think there's all of these things that, that you're learning all the time as a manager. Um, it, it, in terms of, you know, the, looking at the league situation, but you know, United are still 50% better off in terms of goals uh, scored, 50% uh, more than 50% better off in terms of goals conceded. Um, where they are in terms of mentality. Um, whether it's fifty percent stronger, Wraith, I doubt very much. I mean, I think Wraith. That's know, to, that's to, probably so. <coughs> that, that's a good point. That's probably the only. That's the factor that's crept in over these last two weeks that's changed, isn't well, it? Uh, Eric, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big. I mean, you know, I chew the fact twice a week with a pal of mine who used to work at Celtic as a sports psychologist, you know, and I, I'm a big fan of sports psychology. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't kind of some can, some kind of people hold the view that it's kind of. Bit of a Mickey Mouse science. I, I don't. I think the, you know, the mind is. It's a bit like kind of Jacques Cousteau delving the deep, the depths of the past. There, you know, did, the did, mind is. Did a Kevin deep, Keegan sign a, him as well? Did he? It's a deep, a deep recess, you know. And there are some players that, when push comes to shove, we might be touching on Craig Levine's stuff about pre-season fitness and mm-hmm. all the rest of it later on. I was reading a really interesting article last night about that, about the mentality of players in pre-season. Some players have a weak mind. 
You know, it's like it's like any other walk of life. Some players are leaders. Some players have a weak mind. Some players are in between. Uh, and I think the coming weeks, and particularly that game the 16th, will tell us a huge amount about the dark and deep recesses of the minds of these oh. two squads. I don't know. Shall we go into the dark, dark and deep recesses of your mind, Sean? Is that a place where really should stray? Enter at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> United, Go are you? <laughs> no, no, I'll, 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 no, no, I think we'll, we'll, we'll not drift into that territory. Okay, but, uh, all right. Are you, are, you, are you paying attention to Jim Goodwin still staying? I can't, I'm trying to think back to last year. Did he ever, did he ever tear into them as it was unravelling post-split? Or did he just kind of, <coughs> was, he, was just, he a bit... I don't he, recall one of those. I think it was publicly. only, I think it was only after... They were officially down. Did he sort of say, "Well, this is this is a big job, isn't it?" It's not, you know. He, right. he started well, that, really analysing. Sensible way to do he, it. He yeah. feels he certainly his public face has been very much of the keep calm. There's mm-hmm. nothing to worry about here. And I guess for for a guy that's not lost a league game, I you can could, totally understand no why. For any other approach, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And I still think that you know we touched on this briefly last week as well. That there's a sense after two defeats in the cup to two lower league teams that. The sense creeps in amongst fans that oh, there's, there's a bit, a bit of worry, there's panic here. This is terrible, what a disaster! And it's like, well, it's not a disaster. It isn't <coughs> a disaster. It, what what it has had an impact on, as Jim said, what you touched on is the mentality thing. And Wraith Rovers don't have that same problem, so that's what's different about the teams at the moment. Because as Jim says, on paper, United are in a stronger position. That's not changed. And far, as far as the league's concerned, they're, they're, they've scored vastly more goals. They've conceded vastly less. And they're unbeaten, so they are in a stronger mm. position in the league. Nothing has changed there. It's it's whether these two results now have had a significant enough impact mentality-wise to change things for Dundee United in the Championship, because nothing that's come along so far in the Championship has wobbled them even slightly. Yeah. Um, so before we even get to this Wraith Rovers game, they've got a United yeah. on Saturday <coughs> and Tannadice, which is. You know, uh, you're it should be a good effort, thing. Don't you? You're going to use the fortress word, don't you? It should be a fortress at this point, <laughs> shouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this one is absolutely massive before we even get to Wraith Rovers. As you said, Wraith Rovers could be top of the league by Saturday. And United have not had to deal with pressure uh, of, and, that, of that we, sort. We know the uh, United the United fan base online Both. and in the ground. Were they to lose? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a whole different picture, isn't it? It, it, it will be. It will be. Yes. You used to watch panic at the moment. Un- uncharted it would be, territory. They would be. Yeah. It would be. Um, and then, yeah, there's a there's a very different sort of job. Um, you know, there's an F, but there, there is a very different job on, on on his hands for Jim Goodwin at that point because then you're managing different things altogether with regards to you know your 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 squad in house mm-hmm. as well, but also with regards to the public <coughs> as well and how how you how you manage that mm-hmm. message. Yeah, yeah. Because. You know that you, you can say you know we're, we're we're not panicking in here. We're going to keep doing what we do. Da, 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 da. But but supporters of any club, not just United, but they, they'll be away, running around with their head on fire <laughs> at that point. So so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really really big a big week, and then another one at the end of it. So it's a huge couple of weeks for Dundee United and for Wraith Rovers because yeah. this, this this could change everything. Craig, have Queen of the South and Falkirk have they kind of almost. The, Certainly shown the way for the likes of Air United and Morton, other teams in the championship. Have they kind of, have they almost embarrassed them a wee bit that they've been given United more <coughs> respect than they were probably due? It takes a bit. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I think it maybe uh, going forward from now uh, takes a bit of the shine off the yeah, undefeated. Yeah. The aura, the aura has been chipped away. Yeah, I think so. But I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think it'd be teams looking back and. Um, with regret and how they've faced Dundee United up until now. Uh, but yeah, it, going forward, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And just to add to what Sean was saying as well, the, uh, there's been an extra week of frustration because they haven't been able to yeah. get things back to winning mm-hmm. ways straight away in the league with the game being called off. And then Wraith have closed the gap in the manner they have as well. They teased them for a little bit, thinking that they had blown their chance to mm-hmm. close the gap. They've done that for a few few games as uh, yeah, well. Yeah, Queen's Park yeah. as well, the, the, the last league game before that. So it's now a, quite a few weeks since Dundee United have won a match. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's another thing. It's just uh, interesting to see how they respond because one of the main reasons is 
it is so interesting is because then you've never been anywhere near this kind of thing in the league so far this season. Yeah. So it's like a testament to how well they've done so far yeah. that we're even speaking about them like this at the moment. The uh, I would say, having <coughs> given Wraith a big drum roll, this it's Partick, isn't it? On uh, Friday, and yeah, in their first chance to sort of go top of the league. So Partick now Partick have just crept up as well. You know, they they've made themselves the best of the the rest, if mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. And it's a Quite pressure Wraith haven't faced yet uh-huh. as well. We, we've kind of ignored that fact as well. Wraith <coughs> haven't had the chance to go top of the league like this yet. So, so we'll find out more. We'll find out about what they're made of. Yeah, exactly. And United, are you just are you saying this? Still United at home. Air United, three points, three nil, something like that. There uh, you go. Uh, Next. They, 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 I mean, they beat Air three nil, didn't they? Didn't they? Somerset Park, I think, earlier in the season. I mean, Air are struggling. You know, seventeen points off the pace. Um, I actually thought. I, I thought they would do better this season. Um, not unlike Wraith, there's been a bit of investment down there as well, you know. Um, but obviously, Jamie Murphy I, and Aidan McGeady, I don't know how much they've, how often they've actually been no, able to get those two on the park, but <coughs> a building you stand. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, I mean, well, they were, they were maybe building a new ground for years and years. Oh, and years, David you know. Murray, the man Bill Barr who built all the stadiums in Scottish That's football right. left here. Uh, uh, I was going to say a decrepit. I actually like Somerset Park. You know, I did a, I did a, 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 com- I did a commentary with old Bob Cramsey. Remember oh, Bob yes, I uh, on Rangers and Air in the Scottish Cup many, many years ago for the B. But I, I like Somerset Park, but it's miles past its sell by date. Um, in terms of this, I, I think that what we're into now is is levels of expectation and how you deal with expectation. I think this is fascinating. In the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- 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 there's two things. One, I don't think Partick um, will emerge as huge contenders to race. I think Wraith looked to me as though they've got a better squad, better mentality about them. But you've actually got a two-horse race now for the for the championship, which is great because it brings lots of focus, lots of attention on a league that's, you know, that is needs not, it. not the <laughs> it needs it. It's it's not the equivalent of the uh, the Premiership. It's nowhere near it in terms of crowds, in terms of publicity or stature and the rest of it. So that's a great thing. Uh, I think now the expectation level, you know, I mean there's a, there's a greater expectation on Dundee United by dint of the size of the club, the stature of the club, than there is on Wraith, who, you know, haven't been a top-flight side for a long time. They're building, and there's no reason why they cannot... You know, you, you see what Arbroath have achieved at championship level. I would argue that Wraith have got all the, all the potential to be a premiership side. I mean, you know, they're, they're not as big a club as Dunfermline traditionally in terms of support, but still potentially very decent. Um, <coughs> and and can certainly, can, you know, can certainly, they could, you know, they could match a St. Johnson. They could match um, a Livingston. They, they could, I mean, they could match a Motherwell or a Kelly at the gates, but they wouldn't be far away from it if you really got, um, you know, the, the motoring again, because Kirkcaldy and, and the surrounding district is a sizable town. So I think Wraith are at that level of expectation at the moment. It's growing. United's level of expectation is up there. Uh, and that's, you know, we talk about mindset of players and managers and all the rest of that. For those, the of, you know, of, for, for those of you not watching the podcast and listening, Jim's, <laughs> Jim started at uh, the desk and he's gone up to chin high. Well, I mean, there is, there's a big level of expectation that, and a big chunk of that fan base can turn very, very quickly. I've seen it, you know, watched it over the years. Um, so, you know, the next two games for United become huge. Absolutely huge, and that's where the whole mindset thing kicks in. I still how, think they'll be all right. handle, you know. I still, I still think they'll right. be all right. But yeah, no, you know, no, it's no, good no, to have it's good to have no, something different to talk absolutely. about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's great to have the race, and um, and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it'll fade away yet by a long chalk. I mean, but uh, see, now you know. Thistle are what five points adrift if they win the game, albeit they have a game <laughs> game played more, they suddenly shut the gap to a couple of points. Well, I could still, and I could definitely still see a scenario where United win by double figures mm-hmm. and Partick a yeah. second. You can absolutely mm-hmm. see that happening, you know, but because they we always thought Partick would get off to a slow start with the, with, with the trauma they suffered in the summer and the players they lost. So, you know, it, it, it's not surprised me that they're starting to. To kick into gear a bit, so that 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 <coughs> wouldn't surprise me. But I would I would I would love it to see, to mm-hmm. see Wraith and United do a Man City and Liverpool and just you know just win after win. That was a know, Kevin Keegan. Just, was a, I would I love, love it. it. Love it. Love yeah, it's, it's, this has definitely been the Kevin Keegan <laughs> podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Right, we'll stay in the Championship before we before we move to Dundee and Saints. Just be, so who did you who did you tip for the uh, the Arbroath gig then, Sean? Oh, uh, I didn't tip anybody for it. Oh, I had no idea. I'd have forced you to. I had absolutely hey? no idea. 
No, Jim McIntyre. Um, you did, you did <laughs> tip Jim to be to dick to be sacked a few weeks ago, so you were you, 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 kind, you were kind of on the right I, track, weren't you? I suggested you know? uh, it, was a, it was to be fair. End was, of an era stuff. Uh, I, I think I suggested it was maybe ah. time. Yes, you know things things just come to a natural conclusion at some point, and I think it was it was heading that way for mm-hmm. for Dick, unfortunately. But uh, all these but years, I think it's kind of been. It was one of these unwritten things that everybody would say, oh, it'll be Stuart Petrie, it'll be Stuart Petrie. Yeah. It was like some sort of six... It was like there was an, an Angus uh-huh. hierarchy that he was being... He, <laughs> yeah. was, he was doing his time in Montrose and then when Dick moved on... <laughs> it would be, well, well that's kind, that was kind of how it was, it was, it was painted, wasn't it? And, our growth fans are like that. And let's face it, our growth have, with the infrastructure and everything about and yeah. a few years in the championship, nearly getting into the premiership, they, they have themselves. stolen a march and made themselves the kings of Angus. Yeah, but it's not Stuart Petrie; it's Jim McIntyre. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think that that whole characterisation will be something that our both fans will enjoy because there is that rivalry between mm-hmm. those two clubs. It's been that way for a while, and 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 they were, you know, they were in. When I say it's been that way for a while, I, th- I think what I meant to say was that they're, they're, for lots of years they were in similar divisions and they were mm-hmm. at each other on a regular basis. So. That, that rivalry sort of built up, but now, as you say, our both have, 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 have a club transformed from those days. Um, very, very different. So it is kind of like <laughs> you would do your time and then come on up, <laughs> which is harsh, harsh to Montrose because, uh, you know, great club as well. But um, yeah, Stuart Peter ruled himself out fairly, fairly rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was expecting a new contract announcement this week. I must admit, I think I think that yeah. might still happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if, if you're uh, if you can use that to. To grease the wheels of negotiation, then why not? Yeah, um, but no, he he was very quickly ruled out by himself. So that that was it. Jim McIntyre, that's a surprise, I think. I Just because I think, did he not? I'm trying to remember. Did he not say when he went up to? This is kind of my last. I, I, I got that vibe at that Cove. He, yeah, at Cove. Oh. He thought, and then yeah, but then before that, he kind of drifted out of football. And you thought uh-huh. oh, that we've kind of probably seen the last, but. I can see why they've done it. I can absolutely see why they've done it. I've, yeah. I've got more time for, for Jim McIntyre than, say, Dundee. I, I, uh-huh. my, that's the bit that, obviously, in this part of the world, everybody judges him. I, yeah. I first dealt with him when he was at Dunfermline, mm-hmm. and he, he, he did very well. Did very yeah. well to get them up, yeah. and it proved an impossible task to keep them up. I actually... <laughs> I can hear Dundee fans will be shouting at me when mm-hmm. they listen. I, I, I thought the, the the whole problem there was bigger than Jim McIntyre. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had sympathy <laughs> with him in terms of... Actually, I know that there's plenty... Plenty, I'll shout even louder when I say this, but the Glenn Kamara situation was the one that he got absolute mm-hmm. pelters for, and that, yeah. was, that wasn't his fault. No. That was because they didn't get the contract sorted out. And folk are rewriting history to say that Glenn <laughs> Kamara was playing well, but Glenn Kamara wasn't playing well when when <laughs> Jim McIntyre took him out. To, anyway, we're going back over ground. Back. This You've been on the phone to Jim McIntyre. No, I, I just I just <laughs> think that if you're bla- if you're ho- if you're blaming him for everything that happened in that Dundee relegation season, yeah. you're you're on you're on the wrong. You're on the wrong path if you ask, if if you ask me. I think I think it's it, there's there's merit to that appointment, Sean. There might be, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, um, no, so, listen. I mean, I I I dealt with Jim a lot at, at Dunfermline as well. I've got a lot of time for him, both as a as a man and a manager. He did a good job at Dunfermline. Um, I think at, sometimes you're the wrong man in the wrong movie, mm-hmm. and that's what he was at Dens Park. He was, you know, it, it, there were many many things that conspired against him. Uh, I don't know what happened to Cove. I'd be a liar if I said that my Friday evenings or Saturdays were spent kind of wondering how Cove Rangers. Well, he was doing. I thought he was so, doing pretty well. Yeah, but, I, and I then mean, it's just saying that. The <coughs> Paul Hartley, it was just a case of they wanted to things, get him back in, didn't they? Oh, things, well, got, right. was kind of, things got a lot uh, worse uh, at Cove after he left, <coughs> left before they uh, started getting better mm-hmm. uh, recently. They they were losing four, five, six goals quite a lot mm-hmm. of times in the immediate weeks after he left. And he was punted after the... F- I think it was the first time they had mm-hmm. lost six goals. They weren't bottom the of the league either, were they? No, they yeah. weren't. And uh, it was the first like really bad result they got. And then... After he was sacked, I'm pretty sure they then went on to record like a few mm. other five yeah. and six. And it did like feel that. like it was a case of like, here's a chance. Hartley's back available Hartley's again. Back yeah, available that's, again, what, that's that. what it looked like. That's what the optics of it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's brought Jimmy Boyle in with him. So the two of them, you know, the two of them have been together for a long, long time managerially, haven't mm. they? You know, they? I know. The real magic was when he had Billy Dodds, the, when the two of them were together, wasn't it? I wonder. See, I'm going to jump in. Sorry, apologies. I'm just thinking about the Dundee situation there, and it's like, why? Why would, beyond the fact that they got relegated, why would Dundee fans have this sort of 
lingering negativity towards the guy. They and do. I'm, he's uh, kind of over. Yeah. He feels of all the of all yeah. the Dundee managers that got sacked uh-huh. and and a few took them down over the yeah. years. They seem to have. Uh-huh. Is it the Glenn Kamara stuff? Well, I think is it the Cami Kerr stuff? I think there's a mixture. So I, I think one of the elements is, and we can be as basic as saying he played for Dundee United for a <laughs> lot of years. So that's that's a, that's a big issue. That he wasn't one of theirs in the first place, if you like. So I think there was there was always that. Yeah, I think the Kamara situation, and then Cami as well. He's you know he's a club, a long-serving player who's even a then, testimonial, and he even was then, even he then, was, absolutely. Yeah. So he's 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 one that you need to be careful with uh, yeah. in the eyes of supporters, <laughs> and maybe that that care wasn't quite taken. But um, beyond that as well, I'm thinking back to to dealing with him after matches and stuff. Now I didn't do it on a regular mm-hmm. basis at that time. To be fair, I think I was still. I did quite a lot. I did quite a lot of Dundee. But what what sticks out in my memory about how his his sort of manner after defeats and stuff mm-hmm. like that he was very very relaxed mm-hmm. and yeah. like i mean that's that you can you can take that as a as a positive of, of his character he's not he, he doesn't get ruffled he's, he's you know he's quite mm-hmm. easy to deal with in all scenarios but i wonder if there's like dundee fans feeling this sort of rising panic and anger about the situation mm-hmm. and it's well i've seen it a few times have you? To me, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right oh, but, actually, but then i wonder if they've watched yeah. these interviews after matches and saw that and, and taken from that you know erroneously but taken from it that oh he's not bothered and yeah. he should be there, and i wonder if that's part partially what's going on i've got a potential other theory Oof. No, uh, there was barely a uh, opposition manager <coughs> that dundee faced in the championship last season that the fans didn't dislike so <laughs> there was <laughs> Owen Coyle Billy Dodds right. Jim McIntyre Dougie Emery so right. I don't know maybe, maybe the Dundee fans, fans have to have a look at like, themselves don't like people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right there, sure, I, me, I popped my head into hospitality just a number of weeks ago at Dens to be met with a new cry of you dirty arm yeah. you know yeah. It sung, sung loud like listen it was a good nature I think it was I think there was lots of, I mean we're not going back I think you're right Sean you touch on a few I think the Camara was an obvious one Cammy Kerr, and let's, let's face it, Cammy has friends in the city. You know, there was that uh-huh. vibe that he he was out the team. There was, I think, there was a lot. He, I, from my position, he had he had no choice but to gamble in that January because it was, and they they didn't, not they many didn't of the signers, though, not many, it didn't pay off. Yeah. They, they hung in there for a while. I think they got off the bottom of the league, and it looked like it might. But then the, it was the, it was even the results after they were relegated. Yeah. It just totally collapsed. And J- Jim's post match. I actually, he's one of the ones that I liked in terms of, I usually, not always, good one's another one actually, where, you know, when you kind of agree with what they say, uh-huh. like he's not, he wasn't he wasn't one that would try to kid you, yeah, yeah. you know, which I also thought he was very fair with his post-match, which yeah. again isn't sometimes what, what fans want to hear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, listen, there's there's probably, not that anybody's going to write a book about it, but there's, 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 there's a long read, let's shall right. we say, in the Jim McIntyre era at Dundee, but that's that's, <laughs> that's done now. Can can he keep Barbroath up, Jim? Well, he's coming at a good time. I mean, you know, they're sitting there, they're, they're four points ahead of of Morton. Yeah, they're not bottom. Sitting bottom, yeah. you know, uh, they're only a, a point adrift of what Queens Park, Inverness, and two adrift of Ayr, and Airdrie are catchable in fifth. You know, so uh, he's coming at a decent time. He's coming at a, t- a time where he can. Um, work on and reshape what he thinks you know the, the squad are lacking either tactically positionally uh, um, fitness wise whatever um, and also perhaps I would imagine you know the board uh, I know Mike Caird and the folk down there at, at Gayfield I suspect they'll back him as well I mean they, they, you know he'll have a better group uh, than he had at Cove in oh, terms uh, of quality yeah, of yeah, player uh, so they are not by any manner of means out, out of it you know it's kind of like we were saying with St Johnson a few weeks ago eminently salvageable completely salvageable you know it's, it's not as though they're a kind of they're a wreck kind of heading towards the bottom of the sea here I mean this is a this is a, a club with a, a decent squad of players I think that he can he can turn around and hopefully quite quickly so you know I think um, no, nobody like to see Dick gone we kind of knew it was heading towards that situation seven years in charge there's a natural shelf life he'd probably surpassed it in the modern game for managers um, and I think if there was a time to make the change it was now and I'm, I'm actually fascinated to see how well Jim does I'm, yeah, glad, to see, I'm glad to see him getting another crack at things you know right Craig Dundee that was a that's a Careless, careless, <laughs> careless result for them, isn't it? I um, said, shall I say careless again? Yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we've even talked through the, the even just the, we're talking about, you know, tossing away two points at, uh, at Fur Park against 10 men. And we were just talking about it before, before we, 
before we came into the pod to lose a goal which when you should be set up to just see out the game exactly yeah it makes it even worse doesn't it I know it's 97th minute and it looks like they're defending a counter attack when that goal scored it's really, and they weren't no they weren't it was a punt from the goalkeeper so it's, it's kind of unforgivable but Having watched the game back, there was a lot to like about the performance, and there's a lot to like. There usually about is with Dundee. Yeah, there, yeah, usually there is. is. They really are. They, they even when they went one 0 down fairly early in the game, and then between them, between then and Dundee's goals, Motherwell had a fair bit of the ball, but didn't do too much with it. And Dundee just remained patient in possession. Mm-hmm. They kept playing their their game, and then they get back into the game with a, a couple of really good goals. I mean that <coughs> that goal from Beck, the way he peels off his man. Mm drops his shoulder, takes a touch and finish. It's like a seasoned striker. Right. He's a young left back and it's like he's a... Although George... Uh, George this, Cran, this podcast has been renamed the Owen Beck. Is it? Yeah, I'm society. a bit behind, so the, curve, in, a bit in, behind uh, the curve in the own You're in good company yeah. here, Craig. Uh, but uh, George was saying... Oh, my train of thought's gone now. Uh, <laughs> Lee Wilkes he used to, be an attacking, he used to be an attacking midfielder. <laughs> he was. Uh, well, I think most, most wing-backs these days are certainly uh, the ones that come attackers. from... Uh, you know, he's kind of he is. He's an Adam Montgomery type, isn't he? You yeah. know, these the wingers that kind of yeah. come back a wee bit. That's that's his, it's quite common. That's his thing. Yeah. But <coughs> yeah, Dundee. They try to remember when they were when they were rubbish in a game. Um, oh, Rangers, I suppose. Five but, nil Rangers. But yeah. That's kind of not. But I don't think they were actually very. Apparently, they weren't very good at when they beat Livingston at home either. You know, but, right. but they weren't rubbish. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Dundee. We we've we've come to expect. Yeah. You know, seven yeah. out of ten to be there, so a minimum, <coughs> aren't we, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, and, yeah. But that's a, a, for a team that I think should have aspiration, to, certainly top six, I think, and as we say, week Dundee. after week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dundee, to, or even to be, you know, fourth, fifth, around about, something and the like, you know, that that that, that stings when you, you, you chuck away two points it like does. that. And, yeah, the, the, the easy one to point at is a similar scenario as St Johnston, isn't it? We further back towards the start of the season but they were 2-0 two yeah. nil, two nil up and then went 2-2 two, two mm-hmm. at the very very end of the game so it's a couple of occasions that they've not they've not closed out a game that they should really mm-hmm. have taken three points for which will, which will be frustrating uh, for Tony Dockery. Um but then it's difficult to be too critical because you look beyond <coughs> that yeah. element of the match and there's a lot to like as there has been all season about them and I think a, a key statistic now I'm looking at here mm-hmm. the gym's pulled up on your gym. The, the possession possession stat is, is uh, I mean it's not a typical away performance from Dundee Incredible. No. From this. I mean they've had 62% of possession to Arbro's 38 that's, Montre- that's, uh, Motherwell sorry yes <coughs> uh, to their Motherwell's 38 so that's not a standard you know away performance mm-hmm. we're going to be conservative and we're going to you know, we'll, we'll mm. be defensive first and let them have the ball and we'll, we'll maybe hit them on the break or whatever. Dundee have had a lot of the ball there, most of it, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> and have had 16 shots on target. So 16 shots on goal as well to Motherwell's nine. So they have they have been the dominant side mm-hmm. in the game in terms of uh, having the ball and, 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 and to not close that out and to be hit twice. So that's, that's going to be points of contention because actually earlier in the season I think we were praising them defensively weren't we well, um, we were yeah we were uh, earlier on so um, given given the the um, statistical dominance that they enjoyed the fact that they've not won that game you know I think Tony Dockery will be entitled to to ask a few questions yeah and I think already you can see that you know done, I, th- I think they took exactly the right attitude Dundee are a better team than Motherwell yeah. Motherwell you, you were kind of you <coughs> kind of alluded to it there Craig Motherwell because I saw it when, when they played St. St Johnson a couple of weeks ago I think they're actually at their best when they've got nothing to lose and they just have to go mm-hmm. for it I don't think they're a team that can control a game yeah. you know as much as I think I think right. Stuart Kettwell will probably bristle at that but I think they, they do seem to be involved in a few <coughs> dramatic endings but in both mm-hmm. you know both Size of the size of the coin, so you know, I, I'm still we're not at the Saints, but yeah, I'm still looking at them as one of the they're on my they're on my hit list as one of the the vulnerable ones that can be that, that can be sucked back into and Dundee are, Dundee are a, a level above yeah, I agree with that. to to my to my money and you you watched. You watched them quite recently, Dundee, didn't you, Jim? And you, yeah. were, I, I know, I noticed from the theme of your tweets that you were, uh, you were impressed because it was the Hibs game you were at, wasn't it? The Hibs game, and um, I, I thought it, it was actually it was a game they were really slow getting out the blocks, 
um, for about 60 minutes they kind of they, they didn't quite do I mean Hibs are a good side you know kind of take that away from there's pace in the side there's a, an alertness there's an inventiveness about Hibs I think that's going to be kind of you know that'll probably ensure that they are fourth or fifth of the season maybe even higher I don't think so um, but you know they're certainly a top six side um, but Dundee I thought particularly in the last half hour in the last 25 minutes Hibs of course were down at 10 men I thought kind of <coughs> came into their own and you were, it was just a, it was a certain anger and a frustration that they hadn't kind of managed to kick off the game like that or at least dig in the second, uh, the start of the second half like that but there's loads to be impressed about I think about this Dundee side I think my slight concern um, is actually you know that front pairing. I'm I'm not convinced um, about Bakayoko and Rudden. I, I, I could actually say mainly I'm not convinced about, about Rudden. Rudden. Yeah. I, I just I think there was one there was one instance. He stuck with him, hasn't he? No, yeah, he is, I, I, really I watched has. it. I, listen, I don't think he's a bad player by any manner of means. But I, I think I said the other week. I quite like if you're going to play a front two in the box. I like at least one of them to have a kind of bit of. Not the kind of pace that you're looking for from from an Owen Beck in a kind of mm-hmm. a, a, a forward kind of almost attacking full back row. You're looking for somebody I think is sharp over that. that I know yard, what you mean. I know, yards, you know. I know what you mean, Jim. And I don't think Rodden's that kind of player. So when you need to snap on a ball, get the shot away quickly, just you know that wee half yard, that even that that kind of half metre of pace it just takes you away from somebody who's there to get the shot away I don't think he's that type of player so you've got to be a different type of player then you've got to find room you've got to make room for yourself um, and that you know that depends I think how well you link up with Bakayoko so I don't think that blend is quite there mm-hmm. yet Rob, uh, Robinson obviously kind of you know uh, uh, is there as a uh, as a backup if you want to last you thought he would be the number one choice uh, this season but there's loads to like about it um in terms of the kind of the way he's setting up with the five in the midfield, Beck on the left is just he's, he's actually getting stronger by the week. He, well, you know, two, um, two two points you make, Jim, and <coughs> I think one. If I'm Owen Beck, I'm thinking if I don't go, if if Liverpool don't move me on in January, I don't have a future with Liverpool because if if <coughs> Liverpool are comfortable leaving him at Dundee mm-hmm. for the season, mm-hmm. they don't view him as a guy that's going to end up being their first team. Yeah, yeah. because. They, they will have watched. The next they would watch. They would quickly. watch. They, why would they wait? You know, yeah. why would they wait? This is the time when, you know, left back, left back will be an issue for Liverpool in the summer. Mm. I would suggest not an issue, but it, yeah. it could be an area that they'll they'll look at. <coughs> so, if I'm on back, and as brutal as it sounds for Dundee, if he doesn't get the phone call from his loans manager or whoever deals it, mm. it's, you know, if if they say <coughs> stay where you are, I think yeah. he knows. He ain't gonna be a Liverpool first team player. It's as brutal as brutal as that. Which is which that's is good an for interesting Dundee. Point, so yeah. that's that's what that's what mm. I would think on that front. And I think Jim, Jim makes a Jim makes a great point there. Actually, if I if I'm Tony Doherty and say I get Owen Beck, I get to keep Owen Beck. Mm-hmm. I don't look to touch that squad apart from another striker. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, look, I'd be going to John Nelms and saying, like, well, we are where we are, which is <coughs> probably going to be mm-hmm. sixth around about that. Listen. I get somebody that can play next to off back of Yoko. Yeah. We, could, we, could, we, could, we could go for Europe mm-hmm. and yeah. just leave the rest of the squad as it is or yeah. even get a couple of them out and to, to, to free up the budget. I think he's in a, he's in a great position, yeah. both in terms of what he's got and in terms of the, the pitch he can make to the John Nelms. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting one. I'll take the Beck one on first yeah. because, I mean, the thinking being obviously that if... if They've sent him up to see how he handles life Scotland, in the Premiership in Scotland. Yeah, basically, and you know he's done he's done well. We know that. So the idea, if Liverpool are serious about his development in terms of pushing him onto the first team, they will want to move him to that next level now to see if he handles that as mm-hmm. well, because it's just setting down another <laughs> challenge for the kid. So that's the thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put yeah. him in the Championship, the English yeah. Championship, and, and see say, how okay, he handles see that. How you, see how you do there, son. And then if he manages that, then you think, right, okay, he's got a mm-hmm. shot. Then he can he can be a squad player for mm-hmm. us at this point. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the the worry would be that you know if that's the way he's thinking, if he doesn't <laughs> get that call in January, what sort of impact does that have on Owen Beck for the second half yeah. of the season when you know he's been playing his whole career up to this point? Going, I mean, he must have been. Player. He must have been looking at when. Robertson does his shoulder. Yeah, Sim- was th- was Simicast the only? I think he was the only. There was there was a left back mm. crisis a couple of months ago, uh-huh. and you were seeing Luke Chambers, who was up at Kilmarnock, and you were, <laughs> you know everybody that was basically you know they were all getting talked written about yeah, you know yeah. by the Liverpool papers and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. He must have been <laughs> thinking, oh, 
part of the way thinking, mm. I, I could have I could have had a shot here. Yeah. So, you know, they do as much as he'll be enjoying his time at Dundee, uh -huh. his end game is trying to become a sure. Liverpool player. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm. So yeah. Uh, one, one to keep an eye on but he's a great player yeah yeah definitely I, I, I don't necessarily hold to the view that if he does the full season up here that he's at the picture at Liverpool I think they might you know I mean clubs like Liverpool when you're, at, when you're operating at that level you know Liverpool are in the top what, top dozen clubs in the world you know they, they think differently they'll have a they, plan they have a long term plan you listen know? they may as brutal as it sounds because they do a lot of them they may have written them off already possibly you know they mm -hmm. just th you know they might be just trying to get the best value out of him you know yeah. and because 95% of the players that come through their youth academy ain't going to get to the first team. So they may uh, have already made their judgment you, on it. But him. you can bet your bottom dollar that, I mean, you know, when you're a young Liverpool academy player, you've come through that uh, situation and you go on loan, people are watching you right through the country. Because people, oh, yeah. people are always looking for, and I, I, don't, I don't mean this the way it'll sound, cast-offs, you know. Mm -hmm. If you're a cast-off mm -hmm. from Liverpool, you've been, you've been pretty good. And I'm not suggesting for a moment he's going to be. But there will be lots of people watching him already and seeing a couple of goals and watching this kid grow by the week. I think he, he, he started off well, but I think the last three or four games, he just seems to have gone to a different level. How did he look going back the way against Hibs? Because, like, as, as you spoke about, Hibs are quick. <coughs> Yeah, how yeah. did he how did he deal well, defensively? He's got, he's, he's got the pace to match that. Um, was he up against Boyle? Whether, whether he's he, he was up, he was on the right. Was he, was he on the right? Who was did it? Yuan did he start? Um, I have to go back and look uh, at look at, but, but look at the notes. He might, he might well um, have to deal with both of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, I mean he he's got genuine pace. He's genuinely quite oh, genuinely nippy. Um, positionally, probably a bit to learn yet as well, you know. But I mean, the, the, you know, he's he's playing kind of in that advanced wing-back role, you know, because um, Dundee go with the three at the back, they don't like the back, uh, the left-back on uh, Saturday against Motherwell. But Beck ha has got the pace to get him up the park and he's got the pace to get back down the park to, uh, well, depending which way you're, you're going, back up the park to attack, back down the park to, to defend. I think, uh, and I just think his game is growing stronger by the, mm -hmm. by the week and by the game. The other thing is, if, if Liverpool are really, if they are minded, Towards thinking this guy could, yeah, do it or is at least worth a look. Yeah, being a Liverpool fan myself, uh -huh. the the ones that did get a wee go, Chambers certainly did. Mm. I can't remember if there's another there's another one. I can't remember if the, if the other young one on the books who's who's behind Chambers. If you see what I mean, right. Chambers yeah, certainly yeah. got. Chambers certainly didn't really take his opportunity. I think he either played in the the Carabao Cup or he played. He might have even played one of the <coughs> European. I think it was the Carabao mm -hmm. Cup. Right. So they might think, oh, we'll put Chambers back out alone. We'll bring in mm -hmm. Beck in our setup for the second half of the season. Have him on the bench and see yeah. if he see if he's ahead of Jamie. You know. So there are all these yeah. things going th yeah. going through Liverpool's mind. But all I'm saying, purely selfishly from his point of view, is. If the decision they come to at the end of it is, nah, stay at Dundee, son. Mm -hmm. That's not good. That's not a good sign for okay. following back. That's just that's probably where I'm thinking anyway. All right. Well, we we will soon see. Yeah, we will. And uh, I mean, but beyond that, the striker thing is the other thing he said. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're hovering around where they are, and there's no reason to think they won't be by the time the window opens. Then yeah, <coughs> I mean, it's it's a great, it's an easy sell. Tony Dockery speaking to John Nelms, really easy sell because if you're a European footballer, if mm. that's the carrot you can dangle, and he's earned his say, trust, he's earned that, yeah, he's absolutely. He's shown, he's shown this season that he, he knows what he's doing because mm -hmm. that was a question mark at the start of the season as well. Oh, he's never been a manager before, all that, you know. I mean, that, that was a bit of a, a bit of a red herring, that, that thing at the time because he's been, he's been around. Certainly, for such a yeah, long that time. Was, that was certainly, <laughs> Jim's thoughts from from yeah. the first moment. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, you know, uh, if you if you do that job in conjunction with somebody like Derek McInnes mm. for as long as Tony Doherty has done it, you you've effectively gained the experience mm -hmm. of, of how to be a manager. I don't think there was, in retrospect, I think there should yeah. be any doubt about that. So yeah, he's he's earned that trust, and uh, if you can dangle that carrot at Europe, Dundee <coughs> haven't been in Europe for a very long time. Yeah. So uh, the 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 prospect of that, if you can go and get a striker who'll get you ten goals in the second half of the season, it'll be a bit of outlay. But Dundee have always backed their managers, so indeed, uh, yeah, they're they're in a a very tasty position. Yeah, right, Jim. I, I, when I was uh, <coughs> reflecting on Saints at the weekend, it's another another game that they were. I think Craig Levine they were in right to the end. Well, they could have they could have got a draw because uh, Joe Hart mm -hmm. makes a 
Makes oh, it a good a good save. Yeah, it does. But that that's five games I would say, since including the Alec Cleland one, where Saints have been largely <coughs> good in all, in yeah. all five. So we're starting to see a bit of a body of work, and that's where having to play pl- players and out position, you know, having to use his squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've I felt quite positive again <coughs> coming away from that game, just in terms of in terms of where they are and where they could yet get to. And I, I picked out, you know, Craig Levine's quotes because I know, I know there's an air of <laughs> Brendan Rodgers was the exact same. You know, you know when, the, when Sky are in town, mm-hmm. you know better than me, Jim. You've got the, you've got the one-to-one with yep. the BBC, you do Sky, <laughs> you do then House One, and then they come to the general all-in one with, you know, ourselves yeah. and those Brendan non-rights Brendan. holders. Yeah. So Brendan, you know, much to... Uh, much to the disgust of, uh, or the, sorry, the disappointment or, or frustration of the uh, my colleagues in the the national papers, you know, Brendan Rodgers had said everything that we thought he might have been saying for the first time when he came in. As about, you know, this was my this was my biggest rant ever at yeah. halftime and that. So you find out oh, he's just basically said the same thing four times. Mm-hmm. So there's always an air of repetition. <laughs> but the, the thing I picked out from Craig Levine's stuff was, you know, because it wasn't nobody asked him. Oh, how, is your team is your team tired in the second half or anything like that? He volunteer basically volunteered this and said, you know, <coughs> and he did dress it as a positive in terms of I'm I'm liking the fact that we are. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. now. We've done what we've done, but I can get them a lot fitter. Um, you can see why I can see why <coughs> he's saying that. You know, I've watched yeah. the Saints all season and they'd be better. The, they'd be better. Put a blunt most of the time. They'd be better in the first half. Quite than in the second. So, you know, there's a psychological aspect to that, and in, in some occasions, when particularly in the likes of the model and command games, when you think what well, we have, we hold, and you just get into a, a shape. That. But yeah. it's you know, it it, it was you know, Craig Levine's clearly picked mm. it up as a theme and. Is that a theme you'd spotted as well, Jim? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, there's a fascinating backdrop to it. I was, I was saying to Sean, we were getting the lift up here, that actually, I, as, as I was reading your piece, I'd also been kind of going back and forth with, with, with some pieces I was reading in various um, <coughs> magazines that I follow online um, about, about pre-season training, the type of different pre-season training work that people were doing. And, and lo and behold, Levine comes out with his, his comments about, you know, um, the, the players maybe kind of... Li- being caught out towards the end of the game, you mm-hmm. know, and I think um, much of that comes back to the kind of things that we talked about earlier in the podcast as the season was starting. Saints had late signings, mm-hmm. um, guys that didn't get a full pre-season under mm-hmm. their belt, and you know, it's it's dead easy to um, to note that kind of stuff, um, but but it's it's seriously important for any football player to get a, a genuine pre-season under his belt because that's where you do all Steve McLean's to, I should say Steve yeah. McLean's been aware of this the whole yeah. he's yeah. he's not been thinking no, I've got these players as fit as I want it's, you know no, Jim, actually, if, if anything's in it a proof of that statement mm-hmm. there it's it's St Johnson this season because yeah. it shows how important a proper pre-season is and Saints were not in a position to be able to give those players mm-hmm. one no. for, for the reason that you some know, of it was bad luck uh, yes some, some of it was bad luck some of it was bad planning some of it was bad but that's you know you do your first couple of weeks you kind of you know you ease into it then you you kind of you start the double overloads with double sessions and you do a lot of high intensity uh, mm-hmm. you know short recovery uh, stuff and all the rest of it and everything else that goes with that mobility flexibility work ball work obviously all of that <clears throat> and what that does to the body whether you're a runner a tennis player a football player is it builds the strength of the body it also builds the strength of the mind you know uh, for, for later in the season <laughs> and more importantly just later in the season later in the game when mm-hmm. you know when you get to that 70 75 minute mark where, where you know the muscles are getting tight and the you have faith in yourself that you can, you can and, and, through and, it and the, the mind as well you know i mean I, I was reading some fascinating stuff actually from mickey mellon formerly of, of this parish but and more importantly it was a guy and i'm trying to remember this fella's name he's 40 now he's still playing and he'd played under um walter and archie Mm-hmm. Uh, done it ever, and he talked about them doing the horseshoe runs, which which was quite a favourite. A lot of Scottish coaches, English players were less keen on it. You know what was um, that? It, it's uh, it's a kind of in a horseshoe uh, in a horseshoe kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
If you take a horseshoe, if you put it on yeah, a yeah, yeah. no, that's your horseshoe. You know, this <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm searching for the words here. You, know. yeah. you do a certain it's distance, a tiny then you run. walk for a bit. Then you step up the distance with the next run. You walk a bit. You step the distance up again, and it's all within time parameters and all the rest that you expect in the meter. And uh, people like Duncan Ferguson, who were there at the time, and Davy Weir were fine. They were used to it, you know, coming from Scottish background. But a lot of the, a lot of the English players were kind of basically hurling up at the side of the pitch, mm -hmm. spewing up, you know, tough stuff. That's, that's when you do all your hard stuff, you know. You you, you get that work. And once you get that working, I think the important thing as well is, you know, one of the things that Mickey Mellon, I think it was, said, it, it, you know, when you do the hard pre-season stuff, it tells you the guys that want to ease off the yard before the line, you know, the guys that are basically the quitters. Because, you know, every every team, every squad has players of different, we talked about this earlier on, different strengths and mentality. Some guys are just absolute rocks. And they just go all the time. Other guys ease off, other guys back off. And I think a good, really solid hard pre-season um, you know, toughens up the body, but toughens up the mind as well. And I think if you've missed out on that, as, as some of the Saints guys have, particularly with late signs, because, you know, even if you take it, you're a late sign, you've been out of contract elsewhere, how are you keeping yourself fit? You're trying to keep I yourself fit in a public park. You can't do it. You know what I mean? I, I Nobody's watching you. Nobody's watching you. Or shouting at you. Yeah, you know, no, exactly. You, you only get better as a football player by testing yourself mm -hmm. against against better opposition actually mm -hmm. but at least against opposition you know you, you can never ever get fit enough as fit as you need to be and then of course that's the pre-season there's the match fitness mm -hmm. which is another thing entirely and I think Saints have been caught with that so I'll be interested to see how Craig does I mean he knows the game inside out I'll be interested to see how he, he kind of tailors the programmes because there's also there's individual programmes as well you know it's the same with pre-season training it's, you know the days when I mean I know a lot of coaches still do the the big long kind of four long five runs, kilometre runs and all the rest of it and the sand dune stuff and that but by and large high intensity stuff tends to be kind of uh, much more de rigueur now um, but it's quite interesting how you catch up now because you you cannot overload players at this stage in the season you can't go and do a pre-season no, season. Well, January's you know? that winter break is looking... If you're St John's player, you're already thinking, oh, God, this is what's coming over the horizon at the start of January. But as a seasoned Craig Levine observer, Craig, I mean, one of the things that impresses me most about Craig Levine, and I, I, I kind of... I, I did... I expected this, is how quick he's... And it's, it, it speaks to his... I'm standing back, Andy Kirk's doing the training... He's got to grips with pretty much everything very quickly in terms of what his players are capable of. We we little tweaks <coughs> to assist. He, he's he knows he knows what he's watching and he knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? I, and I also think he's learned a lot from what happened at Hearts. Um, he kind of alluded to it in one of his interviews over the over the weekend there, either side of the Celtic game where he's brought in Andy Kirk to sort of compliment him and he's not trying to do too much himself like he was at Hearts. Now, I know it was a whole other level at Hearts where he was mm -hmm. director of football and he was, I think he was in that interview, he was saying director of football the manager academy. and the academy as well, he was saying. So, yeah, I think he's learned a lot from that. He's He didn't become the Scotland manager for nothing. He uh, The Dundee United fans uh, think very Still well of him. Yeah. yeah, because of the job that he went in there and, uh, and did from top to bottom as well. He was given... Uh, a lot of free reign to to change a lot of things at Dundee United, and you could argue that that's maybe like a similar job that he's going into now at St Johnston just now. And yeah, and I thought the first half was another another Levine masterclass. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was not too even wee things like what they did to Joe Hart. I thought I like that, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. that's that's when you that's where you well, can make a gain yeah. in a game against the, the, Celtic. Even the lineup, there was jokes about the four six zero when the lineup was mentioned. <laughs> but I, I had, I'd said that uh, I'd said in one of uh, uh, the group chats that I'm in that I thought <coughs> that Jaisemi would start at front because it was one of the Hearts' victories over Celtic. He asked Milinkovic to play up front, and he just wants somebody that will run all day. He just wants somebody that will chase the mm -hmm. defenders all day, uh, and he did that. And he, he got his goal, which was obviously nothing to do with him. Chasing Running defenders down, yeah. uh, but yeah. that worked. Like, the same that he had asked Milinkovic to do, and he said uh, he referenced after that Celtic game when he was Hearts manager, sorry, that he had taken inspiration from I think it was Anderlecht that had beaten oh. Celtic in the week mm -hmm. before I really, that. Or I, sh like I really that. should have spoken to you in the build up to that game. That oh, really? Really nice. <laughs> the Craig Levine Anderlecht connection. So it, it, it looked like it was a, <laughs> it looked like it was a similar game plan. Uh, 
to that match. And yeah, you you mentioned the, the fitness issues in the second half, but also I think in the second half, Celtic came out a completely different team. Uh, Rogers uh, put a rocket up their backside. I and think that's probably the biggest thing that, but that yeah, and Celtic Johnson was like done by two very good strikes in the end. You've got yeah. to ride your luck in those. And nearly uh, equalised at the end as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think the two goals that kind of sealed it, especially the second one, those are those are wonder strikes that you can't really do. <laughs> you, they can do a bit better to defend yeah. the McGregor one, but not so much the the O'Reilly one. So yeah, it was a it was a bit unfortunate they didn't get something uh, from the game in the end. I, I, uh, I thought you just momentarily interject. I think that, that that's the difference between the absolutely top level. I mean, had they scored that goal, you know, instead of Hart, Hart pulls us the save. And to be honest with you, from that level, from that distance, you'd be putting it away. Should have been a goal. Yeah. And they go, they spring up the park. But mind you, mind you, the Saints, gone, Saints you did know. that the year before and Mitchell scored and Celtic still had time to play another <laughs> yeah, one. So you, would, you wouldn't have been yeah. taking it for granted. Yeah. I was thinking of you, Sean, as I watched the, oh. uh, as I watched the, <laughs> As, a, as the Celtic third was unfolding, I, oh, thought, okay. yeah. I thought Sean will quite like that because I remember remember the Hearts game the first the start yes. of the season when uh, it was, it was that God late, counter, late counter attack when yeah. when you you didn't like about that. folk were running back. They thought oh, he's going to score. They were just they were jogging back. But they weren't they weren't on they weren't <laughs> no, no, on the third. No, Liam Gordon in particular, I I pointed the finger at on that occasion for sauntering back, uh, making no real effort. Uh, on this occasion, he would sprint back so quickly that he clattered into uh, uh, the might off at the, end of, <laughs> at the end of his run. And that was the second time it uh, might off have been clattered into because um, Kyogo hit him after. Yeah, can't remember, was it the first or the second Celtic goal? Can't remember. It was but, the um, second. Yeah, it was the second. So, yeah. Um, I actually, what did Mitov get booked for there, by the way? Did he actually react to that? At he all? went up and chased. Did he? Who, he squared right. up to whoever was it? Was it Kyogo? It was, was Kyogo. It? Kyogo I remember the end, yeah. and he was. Yeah, well, he was... Kyogo got booked, and then I saw the referees flashing a card at the, the goalie as well. I'm thinking, what's he getting booked for? He basically he was he wanting to flatten him. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, well, fair enough. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, aye, yeah. No, I mean there are there are these there there are small improvements that that are making a difference. I think um, across the board, and and the the Gordon thing. I mean, I think that's fair enough to point out because it was a small thing that I pointed out mm-hmm. when it was the other way around so it's only fair to say well look that's different now mm-hmm. and it definitely I, is um, I'm picking up on that I, I, I felt watching it that the I mean, first half I thought it was great second half yes Celtic were a different side they'd obviously mm-hmm. had had, had the kicked it <laughs> at half time and come out uh, motivated if you like uh, to do things differently but I, I did I did think probably that St Johnson were in the second half, there's probably an element of that slight slump happening again in performance levels, mm-hmm. and I think they were a little bit too happy just to sit step back into that position and sit on the edge of their own. Get away with against other teams, and not, yeah, not Celtic. And I don't think there was quite enough pressure on the on the ball carrier at that point of the game, and you know it ended up selling together two goals. But 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 that said, uh, there's a lot to be to be happy about, about two, two big games changed. now though yes very much so well no yeah. I mean he's still he, as much as I said to Craig that you know he's learning and he's 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 finding things out we, but I think you'll know a lot more after this week as well because yeah. some under tough opponents mm-hmm. Motherwell that's 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 a big big game yeah. I, I think after the Motherwell game whichever way these two results go he'll know in his mind what he needs <coughs> to do in January and yeah, it'll either be I actually, I'm, I, yes, I agree with you. I think it's part of part of what I've found comforting as a supporter about his approach so far as well is the fact that he has been so calm about everything <coughs> and quite analytical about it. And you, as you say, he's been pointing things out that I'm going to fix this. He's not saying, oh, this is a deficiency. He's saying mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for us to be better. That's a nice way to put it. it does. And um, it, 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 also, there's there's no point ranting and raving at this point and I think uh, we've kind of touched on this with Stephen McLean I've, I've, again I feel massive sympathy for him because of the position he was in whatever but I think the, the the approach that he took with players publicly saying this is not good enough for me they won't play for me there's no point doing that at this point because I, you're stuck with what you've got particularly for Craig Levine now you're stuck with what you've got you can't change it till January the players can only do what they're capable of he spent two weeks, or have a, much longer than that. Sorry, he's been. He spent the time he's been in there, looking, getting a sense of what's what's happening here. He knows there's no point coming out and slaughtering <coughs> anybody or saying, "Oh, this is rubbish. This should be better." Because what's the point? It's only going to sow division at this point. So I just like the fact that he's been 
calm, mm -hmm. positive. I, that, that's and, a, a really good point yeah. because the, I think one of the most important things a manager can know is what his players can't do. Exactly. So there's no point ranting and raving publicly about what should be better and what because there's nothing you can do to change that at this point. He knows that, and he's so all. I just think that's a nice little. Yeah, nice little yeah. Thing. he's also dropped a few e breadcrumbs when he's when he was speaking. He said something like, uh, "But I think he was kind of teeing up that it's." I can't be fair to everybody because mm -hmm. he's in an ideal world. I would have a look at everybody and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. I think he knows that there are probably two or three that'll have to go with oh, it. Yeah. Probably, yeah. They could maybe say, <coughs> I've not had a chance, Gaffer, but you know, this, that's the situation. I mean, to finish off, Jim, do you think Saints can be, I mean, a lot will depend on how much he's able to spend and bring in in January. Are you starting to think Saints can be a strong second half of the season team? I think he uh, he needs to do a couple of things. If, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much he can do to improve any fitness concerns that he's got in, in terms of kind of you know that 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 last 15 or the last 20 kind of drop off um, both physically and mentally. But I, I do think he needs to find some recruits. I, th I don't think there's any doubt he needs to strengthen. And he needs he needs um, something up front. We're talking earlier on about you know. Dundee. I mean, I, I think Saints, Saints need to find a presence somewhere, you know, that's going. I mean, I, I'd love to see a fully fit Chris Chris Kane feature all the time. Understand why he went with the situation he did. You know, you've got um, DJ kind of running all over the shop, kind of as, as was, an outboard. I think he's holding it back for, for Wednesday. Uh, for, would be my, yeah, would be my. I, I think he guess. needs he needs during that January window. He needs to have identified. I think. Um, I think the midfield's fine, you know, and I think defensively. Pretty tight as well, you know. Maybe, maybe what one, one creative midfielder, yes. I don't know, you know. Um, but certainly needs something, I think, up front that, that offers more goal threat or, or more of a link, perhaps, with a Kane or um, I was going to say Stevie May, but kind of more and more to see a Stevie. I think he's kind of going to be a bit past a striker, uh, centre back with pace, mm. and probably somebody that can play either side mm. and right. the wing back, right? Yeah, so that, if, if you're going to get, I think. I'd want three. Right in particular. I'd want three. I would, the midfield doesn't need touched. Will, will Jeff spring to that one? Oh, well, I'd like to think so. Yeah. I think so. Oh, you will, yeah. Thank you, well. <coughs> I don't think Craig Levine would be coming if he no, thought that I don't think so either. we're getting out to spend yeah. in January. You know? So, there we go. Good stuff, boys. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and thank you very much for listening. We'll, we'll be back next week. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.